Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here we are with a new episode of the Turin Giants podcast, number 209 this time around. We got an all-star crew here, too many to name. So I'm going to leave it for the intro that I will record on my own. So we're not wasting time. Um, but again, Dash, Lucas, Chris, Sam Adamo, and Dave, our YouTube guru, is with us today. My name is Farhad. I'm the host that loves you most. And we are here all to discuss a little slip-up in the, in, the in, the, in the Juve season. Uh, not a fun loss. I feel like I feel like we would have settled for a for a nice tie. You know, if you're playing away at Roma, a tie is a is a good result. Uh, it stings. Um, so that's why we brought in the panel of experts to to help us make a mess and see what's coming in the next couple of weeks. Let's get some business out of the way. TourineGiants.com for the merchandise. Um, code this time around is 209 to receive your 15% off anything at checkout just type in 209 it it turned out to be a great strategy I don't know why I haven't been doing this for like three three years that I've had the touringgiants.com I guess that's the move right uh, the discounts people love the discounts so I got a few orders last time with the code 208 this time around obviously 209 very easy to remember you can listen to us on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube, uh, we posted a podcast on YouTube last time, and it was a, it was a great success as well. Please check out the hard work that the guys on YouTube, Dave and Dash and Lucas and uh, sometimes Sam, all of you guys are doing, and we really appreciate it. We'll 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 touch on YouTube. We'll uh, we'll let Dave speak and uh, give a couple pointers what's coming up and uh, what to look out for. But certainly, they're having a lot of fun over there on YouTube. Uh, before we get into it, and I know everybody's super quiet because they have them, their mics muted, <laughs> what I wanted to bring up is one of my favorite things to do on this podcast is to check out who listened to us in the last seven days, and that includes cities and countries. I love geography, so bringing this up is really cool to me. I just wish SoundCloud would, would number them, so if I'm tripping up, I apologize. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nine, ten. Starting at number ten, this country of Panama joins us here on Turin Giants podcast. Welcome, guys. Denmark, Germany, Sweden, Saudi Arabia, always in the top ten. United Kingdom, Canada, number four. You guys will never guess who is coming in at number three this time around. Oman, welcome, guys. Australia taking the number two spot, and of course, the good old U.S. of A. Number one. Anyone? Any reactions? Anybody want to well, un Omar, unmute themselves? Any reactions? There that kind of threw me off. You expect, uh, you know, England, U.S., Canada, Australia, all the English-speaking countries, but man, that's right. Well, there's al there's always a country that's that's a surprise that always sneaks their way in. But you guys on YouTube, there's there's a ton of countries that that you get popped up, right? I mean, YouTube is so much more accessible than. Uh, SoundCloud and Spotify so and all that Canada around the world. Canada actually does come in number one there. I don't know if there's just a bunch of Canadian fanboys trying to support me in that sense. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know where America is supporting Dash, but uh, no, it's actually Canada, Italy, one, two. Uh, and then it, yeah, and then you get England, US. Yeah, I love it. Mostly uh, English countries. Surprise yeah. surge of Germany over the past week, which is actually pretty hilarious. Well, because we're facing Freiburg. Yeah. Well, we'll touch on that. You guys made an awesome yes. video for Freiburg. 
the 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 I don't I don't I don't see anyone on in the YouTube content community that does these pre games, which was such an awesome uh, little refresher, or you know get to get get to know the team before we play them, which is a super important game. We will touch on, anyways. Top ten of the city, starting from top ten, working our way to number one is Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, Melbourne, Australia, Los Angeles, my former home. What up, LA? Orlando, Florida, Santa Ana, California, Hyattsville. I'm not sure where they're located. Columbus, Ohio is always in the, is always in the top 10. Hello, guys. Perth, Australia. Hello. Um, uh, so here, here, here's the, the mystery solved in Oman, city of Muscat. Welcome. What a delicious name that is. And College Park, After Dark, number one. I don't know. I think that's the city in Atlanta, right? Because I listened to Ludacris. Just know College Park is a thing, right? Uh, welcome, everybody. So that's it for our little college, uh, our little um, geography lesson. Welcome to all the international and domestic listeners. Now let's get to it, boys. Episode number 209. Uh, you'll probably, that's probably the most you'll hear of me this, this episode. So everybody wins. We will start with our, with our special guest, Chris. Mr. I Truth, Mr. Inconvenient Truth on Twitter. Honestly, if if you're not if you're not on Twitter for the trolls, and if you're not on Twitter just to talk shit and just if you want to hear a normal level-headed opinion, that's your guy, Chris. Welcome, dude. I miss we you guys you. as well. I don't know. I, I never know how to feel about these buildups, though, because I'm gonna end up disappointing like Paradis on uh, on a substitution. But uh, it's always good to join you, boys. <laughs> Are you the pi- really are you the par- Paredes of our team? <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you back, man. Wherever you came from, you going Please back don't. to Paris? I like it here. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Chris, Chris is. You'll you'll hear it. I don't have to. I don't have to hype him up. Chris, first question is for you. Uh, a lot of people are coming down on our boy. Um, DV9 is not is not producing last few games. I don't know if we can blame him, but there's all there's already a Susan Vlaovich account on Twitter. These people are too quick with it. It's like how are you gonna disrespect that boy like that? But what do you feel about uh, Dusan Vlaovich and his recent performances? Um, hit us with it, man. We're we're all wondering. What's uh, going on with it's a little bit of a chicken or an egg or or the egg conversation for me because I think it, it boils down at this point to whether or not you believe it's Allegri's fault i.e. the manager's fault, tactically, that Dushan isn't firing as he should be, or is it on the player? In my opinion, it's on both. I think it's equal parts. We need balance in correcting the situation. If we're going to rectify it, I think it really comes down to the player recommitting and reinvesting in what the situation is. I think it's a difficult situation for any striker who likes scoring goals in bunches being in this sort of team. But at the same time, you do get chances, you do get half chances, you do need to do a little bit more with them. And I think he himself would probably agree that, you know, he's far from what his peak will be development-wise. But um, I think he too would admit he's probably not been at his best form for quite some time now. And from a coaching standpoint, I think, yeah, it's a little bit underwhelming when you see so few chances created for him um, so infrequently. So... I think it really does boil down to both parties needing to do what is necessary to sort of correct the situation. But, you know, it's very frustrating in the meantime. And it is also easy to forget sometimes just how young he is. He's very far from his peak. So 
Um, for the time being, I think, while I'm not worried, I do think this is sort of a situation where we, we do need to address it in some shape. Yeah. Just too talented of a guy to go through such a period. And even though some people might bring up stats, who's our stat guy? Dave or Dash? I mean, he's not terrible, terribly producing this year. It's just he's not, you know, yeah, going through a bit of a slump, really isn't he? Come into form post his injury. Pr- pretty much. And, and kind of looking into it, it's it's not like he's been abysmal. Um, I think that's kind of blown out of proportion. Uh, he hasn't been, again, at the price tag that he's at. But, you know, middle of the road, I think, if you're looking at it statistic-wise. I mean, we also have to take into account that a bunch of players have played 24, 25 games, and Dusan's probably played 14, 13 games. Um, and kind of piggy-banking off what Chris said, the Dusan issue is a multitude of things just conglomerated into one mess. Because, like, for example, yes, it's an Allegri-esque system, that isn't, you know, free-flowing where you're getting 15, 20 chances a game. You might get four or five. But then that's also, in retrospect, to Dusan as well, where Dusan kind of needs to be able to create his own chances, improve his off-the-ball movement, improve his off-the-ball field IQ. Because I think Roma, giving my two cents just briefly, is there's a couple of times where he misread the cross, was either too early to jump or too late. So there's some stuff, and and again, he's 22 years old, guys. He's very young as well. But there's a lot of things that Dusan can improve in himself. But the thing is, is can we find that happy marriage of Allegri kind of meeting Dusan in the middle to figure out something to get this guy going? And uh, 16 matches on the season is where he's at eight goals to assist. Last goal against Nantes. So five matches ago. Gotcha. Farhad, I just almost had risen when uh, Chris alluded to eggs before. May I ask why? Almost (laughs) lost my mind. Hold on. Farhad, uh, Farhad notes. Oh my God, was supposed to be on the pod last week. It's going to be back, by the way, Farhad. It's been a little while. Supposed to be on the pod last week, and I um, we're supposed to roll at noon Eastern. And uh, I I woke up that morning feeling fine. About an hour into my day, I get like a shooting pain in my lower gut, and I just beeline for the bathroom, and I'm I'm blowing no. chunks, I'm yakking, I'm yakking. All right, keep keep the details to need to know basis or something. Please. Well, I, I'm yeah, I'm yakking. It's not that. You also graphic. said blowing chunks. So I, well, yeah, it's an expression. So I I. I think I had food poisoning, and I I lay down on the couch to like compose myself. My head was spinning. So I wake up four hours later, <laughs> dehydrated as hell, having missed the podcast, losing my mind. I had raw eggs in the morning. I drank, uh, I drank raw eggs because, you know, because so Rocky I did. That did. Too. And, so uh, it just means, it. It just means trying to grow. you're either yeah, protein straight to the veins. You have the gastro that everyone else has. <laughs> it's not possible. Not possible. No, no. Has to be the last. Uh, <laughs> what? A- no, I don't know. I, no, I, I, whatever, I don't know. Whatever it is, know. it's not I, the weak part. Raw well, eggs. we're glad you're feeling better, dude. Raw eggs. This guy was so oh apologetic. It was. I was like, dude, it's all good, man. You get, you got sick. You know, it was a funny idea. It was a funny story. I will never not make fun of you, but yeah. Uh, well, I've done it before. Like I've, I've done it before. But I just, I was like, I gotta sit down for a second, and I just, I just look at, look out. at this, Mister Moneybags over dead. here, freaking drinking, drinking eggs that are eight dollars a carton, just, just throwing them back. Um. 
it's more efficient, you know. You got got to save got to save time. You fry them, you drink them, that you're still, you know, you're still cracking. I know. Up. I just got a text from yeah, Rob. Yeah. He he should be on the podcast next episode. Just a little breaking news for you guys. Uh going back to the game. So, we talked about actually um I, we also got a reply on our Twitter, which is at Uvet Podcast. Uh Rami, he's literally just asked what's wrong with Dusan? Does he still feel pain or is he mentally not there or is it on max? I feel like it's fair to say we uh, we answered that question. Let's move on to the disaster that is Moise Keane, the for, the forty-one second disaster. Which we we all had well, we uh, all we all had to face that, right, boys? Say forty-one that's second every disaster. nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've been there. So 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 let me uh, let me read a couple of quotes here from Allegri that it just came out. I'm reading uvafc.com. Uh, so he made a mistake. He will get a big fine. Uh, when you play football in a team, everyone has responsibilities. At this moment, making mistakes is not conceivable. What happened to Juve has never happened in the history of world football. I saw the boys in the locker room. They were disappointed, uh, embittered, and someone was even crying. By the, the way, ball. who do you think was crying in the locker room? Probably Paredes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, the other Argentinian. I just want to trap You know, allegedly Dybala was crying in the Roma locker room too, but, you know. That's just his pre-game uh, routine, isn't it? Yeah. For, all right. Uh, so, so, so the moment happened. You know, my, we're talking about Mancini. If you want to know more about Mancini, I don't know his first name. Uh, he's a highly disliked player, even by some of the Roma fans, from what I read. Uh, guy's a guy's a dick. Uh, there's this. No, I saw I saw a video of him slapping his own teammate who's trying to get to the trophy, which was um conference league trophy, and just like menacingly slapping him across the face and the comments were obviously, Hey, I'm embarrassed that he plays for my team. Anyways. Anyways. Mancini aside, walk me through that through that whole moment, Chris. What what could have happened? What should have happened? What are your opinions on it? And now we'll we'll move we'll move to someone else about this. Very well, I, I'm not really sure episode. what what more there is to say. It was all there for for us to see. It was utterly shocking to say the least. I I, I don't know why I was so surprised, but it, it was seemingly so out of character for Moyes and more than anything. But the lack of situational awareness, considering the sort of season he's had, considering his his return to Juve in general. And how tumultuous it's been, how difficult it's been for him to settle and emerge based on the player he was coming up in the Primavera. A difficult situation where he's really needed and really relied upon because we don't have a true second striker or a good complement to Dushan at the moment. And with Milik out, he has every opportunity to prove that he is the guy who can be relied upon, who can be deserving of these minutes. And in a tough situation, he buckles. And it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't even a situation where... He was really prompted overly. It was it was a ticky tack foul from a, a player who plays on the edge like Mancini, and it was a, a very disappointing inclusion. So I, I'm not really sure where we go from here with him, but it, it's certain that we have too many games left to go at this point for him to be out of the equation. But for me, 
Very, very disappointing from him. He's got a long way back before I think he can really be trusted again over the course of this season. The fine seems a little bit excessive for me, but when you play for a club like Juve, this is the way it goes. Yeah, uh, any of you boys know when break. Milik is back? Because we've got fresh t-shirts yeah. waiting. So in an could be break. here on Thursday. Not soon Thursday. enough. I mean, we, yeah, we can all agree Keen is trash. I even got a text message from a buddy of mine. He's like, I knew when Keen was on, Allegri was just desperate because he, I mean, yeah. what are the chances no, he was doing he's anything? He's not good off the game, bench. You know? <laughs> he did do something. <laughs> Miss him. Yeah, but he he is notoriously not good off the bench. He does better yeah. when he starts. Yeah. So it was it was a rotational thing. Yeah, and that was one of the things that Dave and I called out on Twitch, where we we're like, ah, I think he's just throwing the kitchen sink at this one over. at this point, because yeah, Keen statistically, Moisey Keen does better when he starts than when he comes in, because for some reason that guy's got well, like a did. warm up period of like thirty five minutes. Like it takes him thirty five minutes to get into the game. <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> And even just who he took off, just like Quadrado. Well, you want someone you can kind of swing in some of those last-ditch uh, crosses, especially when you don't have Kostic out there. So it's just like you bring on Keen, another striker, which is great, and then you don't have Kostic, Quadrado. Who's who's delivering? You have Paredes out there as well for a playmaker, which he's not doing well. So it's just some weird weird decisions by Allegri, but yeah. It's the Moist true. conversation in general, though, if I if I may so say one thing, the Moist conversation in general is always an interesting one for me, too, because I think we all, all amongst us, remember him when he was in the Primavera stage, when he was absolutely dominating goals in bunches, and he was basically just doing whatever he wanted at that level against players that he was facing, and so I think the modern-day Moise King has no idea what sort of player he wants to be. He's not a nine, he's not a, a winger, he runs around sort of frantically, and I think a lot of his goals, at least during the time he's been back at Juve, seem sort of, I'm not going to say accidental, but um, yeah, it, 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 there's, there the doesn't seem to be rhyme or reason. There's no consistency. It's not because he's been improving or playing better. It just, it, it all seems so unstructured, his development, and I don't lay that on the coach so much as him because he's stagnated as a player, and Formation or not, I, I'm not really sure where we go with him from here. It does seem like his last year with the club and very disappointing considering at least I was a big fan of him as he was sort of rising through the ranks. Yeah. It, it... Did, did, we ever, did we ever find out that the story about his dad buying a tractor <laughs> instead of getting paid from Juve, is that true? I, I feel like Sam would know that. Which was a smart move. I'm not making fun of it. So, so. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I, I think it's true. No, yeah. because we were we were sponsored I, I, by I, I, New Holland I mean, back I, I, then, no, or I think still do, probably still not anymore. And they made the thing out. is, I don't think that was done. I don't think that was done because like he thought I could, you know, this is a oh, tax write off or yeah. something. I think it was just Davis, the Jamie of our podcast, Google stuff comes back to us. Very instinctive. Lucas, any any thoughts on the game? Sorry, dude, our new addition. This 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 dude is just getting. Uh, getting to know us, so we're we're keeping him. He's the lonely. He's the Sam of t of this year, uh, but he's don't don't sleep on Lucas. He's a smart dude. Any any thoughts? Uh, you brought up Quadrado. Anything on the formation that you yeah. wanna? 
couple couple of sentences well, on that, and then we'll go back. Up, just to finish up the Moise Keen part, like you kind of just wonder where his head is at, since all we're talking about is Fajoli, Moretti, Belohovic, all these young guys, the Ilin juniors, like all these young guys, and he's supposed to be in that conversation as well. And then Millet goes out for what was it, like two months, and that should have been his time to really shine and like push Belohovic to also be like his best. And you just wonder like where his head is at when it comes to everything about Juve right now is either Allegri sucks or the youth is incredible. It's like two polarizing stories. And Keane is just not involved in any of those facets of conversations, and he's still 23. Like He's still young. He's the same age as Belohovic, but we talk about Belohovic like he's young. But Keane should be playing better, and it makes you wonder, like, has like the pressure and kind of seeing the people around you pass you up that were younger than you in the Primavera? Is that just discouraging him and, and all of that? But in the terms of the game, yeah, I mean, the, the players that should have been crucial for us weren't. But I, I didn't think we played too bad. Like we we hit the, we hit the crossbar three times. It, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a tricky game. Roma, you know, like you said, Farhad. Like if we tied, cool. Like that's it's not the end of the world. You know, they're a tough team. But yeah, just I, I feel like it was I feel like it was one of those decision. I I feel like it was one of those games where, um, that's just hopped off. All right. Oh, damn, where's Chris? We lost Chris too. But anyways, Sam is still here with Lucas and Dave. Uh, I think it was one of those games where the the mental outcome was much worse than it is on a table. Like if we look at the table right now, let me read it real quick. Uh, if I had it brought up, it would be awesome. So we are in seventh currently. Bologna is in eighth below us, but they have a game in hand with the same 35 points as us. So we have a we will probably slide down to eight. Napoli is running away with a 15-point difference between Napoli and Inter, and then Lazio, Roma, AC Milan, and Atalanta ahead of us with 42 points. It's man, you know what? I take it back. You know, we we kind of screwed up because we are now. Oh man, we're we got 35. Atalanta above us has 42. Uh, Chris, going back to you, are you? Uh, what's your what's your ideal ending of the season look like because i i don't know if we'll have you on by the end of the season so we want to hear your opinion uh your ideal ending with the 15 points returned which is a small chance of that happening but there's still a chance and 15 points still deducted you tell us um what's your ideal scenario by the end of this oh i'll be back on don't worry Uh, i think first first and foremost Ah, though did you say we're in eighth because i i Pretty certain we're actually in second, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I think you say we're in, you say we're in eighth. Oh, right? I think we're in second still. I don't care what the table says. But anyway, uh, so so okay. So let's see. Thirty-five points. Who's a uh, you know? We got fifty points otherwise, and we are in fact in second with the same amount of points as no. I, I, but end of the season. Looking, looking, looking. For- I, listen, I joke. I joke a little bit about it. And I I really am annoyed by this this ridiculous point penalty that. I, I feel like it's so necessary to insult and, and criticize at every step of the way. But if we're talking about where we, we see our season as a whole presently and where we should end up. I think it, while it's a joke, it's still worth taking into consideration for perspective because we're, we're 
always a little bit critical about where we are, what the performances are like, the infrequency with results in terms of consistency. And I think it's very important to remember that we would be second for the simple fact that the season isn't really going as bad as I think a lot of us seem to think. And we get a little bit tricked by the placement in the table after the point penalty. But where do we see ourselves a month, two months from now? I think ideally... Uh, the point penalty is reversed. We finish second. The league is is wrapped up at the top at this point, unfortunately, but we, we move. And so I think ideally that's what happens. But if not, and considering the, you know, the the total inconsistency and in application of, of penalizations in Italy and the way that things work, I, I think worst case scenario planning, if if there is no point penalty reduction, if that's not removed, I think we battle for top four. And I think this is why this match against Roma was so disappointing because it was the perfect opportunity to sort of capitalize on this mini run we've been on and continue that march towards fourth though. So best case scenario, the point penalty is removed. We finish second. Worst case, eh, we deal with the point penalty and we continue that march towards fourth. Gotcha. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, Champions League next year is, is a must. Uh, team like Juvic, What's up, Sam? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I think I agree. I mean, team like Juve should be in the Champions League. You want them to be at all times. You know, the, the, given the season we've had, it's not been great. We haven't dominated really ever. But, you know, we, 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 we're definitely one of the four best clubs in the clubs in the country, I think, on balance. The table would show that, too, based on how many points they've accrued off wins and, and draws and actual results on the pitch. So I, I don't disagree with you on that. The amount of investment we put into the side as well, albeit um, probably not always in, in, in the most efficient uh, way possible, you know, um, whatever. We, we still invested in the side. I think it's very important to make Champions League football, given the continued investment in the side, the attempts to, to spruce it up, however misguided it might have been in hindsight. The thing is, I, I don't know that, I mean, it's, it, I, I agree that that's what you would ideally want, but I don't even think that's the priority right now. I think the priority is not to get relegated. I know that sounds stupid, but I think, listen, if, if the deferred payments, if the deferred payments case gets um, ratified, if it gets ramped up, if it gets um, pushed forward, yeah, sure, yeah, well, well, no, no, the, the deferred yeah, payment two, case is, is a different things. one. No, the modification that you're referring to of the 15-point penalty is something totally different. That's for, that's for, um, that's for accounting. Right. So, so we, we, were already, we were already punished for the, uh, for the accounting issue, 15 points. And now there's talk. There's been talk in recent weeks that we could be deducted another 20 points. Now, again, this has kind of calmed down the last few weeks. But as of a few weeks ago, there was talk that we could be deducted another 20 points for what was seen as the more egregious of the two infractions the deferred payments at the start of COVID, right? Because that's actually bringing on a, a criminal case in Italy for stock, mar for stock market manipulation since UBA is publicly listed and so on. The point is, you know, if you, if you do the math right now and you subtract 20 points from us, we're dangerously close to, I think we're dangerously close to relegation. I, I actually think we, I actually think, no, we, we would be relegated. We would be relegated right now. We'd be in 18th place. So, again, I just don't have any trust in the system. I don't have any trust in the Italian Federation. I don't think that there's any consistency in applying the rules. I think that they're doing this really poorly by, by, by discussing this during the season. I think you apply penalties at the end of the season. I think it's insane to, 
to demoralize the players to the point that the federation has not that they give a shit but to, to, to in the middle of the season say we're deducting you we're doxing you we're doxing you 15 points we're deducting however many points we say you arbitrarily deserve to be deducted is insane i don't put it past them to do it again um so i would just say survive and stay in city next season just try to you stock up points wherever you can so that that's, that's another reason why this, this this loss isn't good but every loss isn't good at this point for that reason I don't think it'll happen. I think we'd fight it tooth and nail if it got to yeah. that point. But I mean, you you never know. We can finish in nineteenth. Never know. When you know, we, we could yeah, finish. We could finish second. We could finish in in nineteenth. You know, could f- that, that's where. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, you, no, it's correct. We could finish. We could we could finish in seventh right now with the penalty that we have. We could also finish in nineteenth and get relegated. Technically, finish in a relegation spot. Appeal it. Still have to go down to City of B while the paperwork is getting filed, you know. But conversely, if the 15-point penalty gets overturned, we sneak in a second or third place. We finish in a Champions League spot. And then, uh, you know, another penalty is 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 retroactively applied <laughs> in like six months for the season. We'll already be playing Champions League football by that point. So it's – there's a, like it's just it, – I think it, 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 it great, could be a huge band, bordello. And, and I don't – All right. I have, that, a, I have a question for Lucas. Yeah. I – so, but, but 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 that's relevant. But that's relevant, right? Gotcha. So so I think yeah. Oh wow! I mean, Sam is taking that's, the Sa- Sam yeah. went a completely polar opposite, and Top he's priority. you know Chris has his playing in the Champions League next year and number two spot, and Sam has his. Well, but relegated. that's a fair, that's a this fair point, though. This. I know. I but the know. thing is, it could, it could be possible. I, no, but the, the same it, 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 question. Though, it, it, I have to say that this is uh, this is a very important conversation because I don't think it's something that we think about on a minute by minute basis when we evaluate this team in the season. But it, it's almost like the doomsday clock is ticking on on our humanity and our existence in real in reality. This this is applying the same sort of way where we joke about it. We say it's it's something that could potentially not happen, but it is a real reality that we do face, and that's the the sort of variable that I think we all need to account for as we kind of go through this season. But you know, and until we get to the point where something like that really becomes a possibility, uh, it, it's hard to sort of quantify it. But Sam said it best. I think there's no reason whatsoever to have any trust in this inept Liga. It's it's a total shambles at the top. Yeah. There's no reason there's no reason to believe there will be any sort of consistency in the application of penalties, and so it, it's all a big a big nothing at this point. It's so hard to it's so hard to read. It's so hard to quantify. It's it's a scary situation, and that's what's difficult um, to predict. And I think it's lost on a lot of other fans as well too, who enjoy seeing a Juve downfall because. If you apply penalties in such a, a skewed way, it can apply negatively to anybody else too in the future. And so it's a reality that I think a lot of teams face, even though Juve is the one certainly dealing with it at the moment. Scary situation. Yeah. Let's let's go back, Sam. I want Sam, I want to Sam, I want to go back Antonio to the game. Conte Sorry. Said we'll, something back uh, in let 2012. me just pause it for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay. questions for Lucas. Oh, I, yes, I just yes, feel bad. Yes, he's sir. he's Sorry. Uh, yes. he's our formation uh expert. Couple of couple of sentences. We'll go back to the game, but I want to, f- I want your take on, because I'm on WhoScored.com right now, and they're listing the formation as three-five-one-one with Di Maria behind Vlaovic. What did you think? Who stood out? Um, I'm seeing here six point seven for Kostic, six point seven for Di Maria, six point eight for Danilo, uh, and the most, even though it was just one half, it was six point nine. 
for San Alexandro. Um, how did you like this formation with Di Maria kind of running around the pitch, not you know, not in any certain positions? What, what did you think of that? I think it really holds Vlahovic back at certain moments, um, especially when you're playing a team with a back three as well. There's a lot of moments where this formation, because one problem Vlahovic has is, is it seems like he has like a low soccer IQ when it comes to where his position should be. So when you put so much emphasis on a young player being the, the star of the Christmas tree with everybody else behind him, and now he's being double teamed and triple teamed, it's going to make it really difficult. And it's going to make things a lot easier to defend because you know like if anything comes from the wings uh, whether it's quadrado or caustic it's just kind of easy to defend because you know there's really no second striker um i think Di maria does a lot better when he's on the wing so having him already set like sitting in that second striker position um opposed to wing and then cutting in um it just leaves a big area on that right spot that quadrado needs to fill and someone like quadrado we know gets like destroyed uh one-on-ones or you could easily just dump the ball right behind him um so i, I wish we switched to something more like a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 at this point um just so we could have players a little bit higher up the field that like a locatelli or fajoli could look too quicker instead of having like your wing backs having wingers will be a lot easier and along with we just need somebody that could take more pressure off of uh, Volohovic and allow for defenders to kind of break off and go cover those wings a little bit higher. Um, I'm also a, not a huge fan of lining up in a very similar formation to the other team. Uh, Allegri is like the king of that. It's like, oh, you're going to run a 4 through 3 That's what we're going to run. You're going to run this. And like, it's just kind of like who has the better players at that point and putting so much trust in that. And I'm just not a huge fan of that. Um, I thought the back three looked good. Like, I think... They're giving us the Even best Bonucci? that they're going to give us. <laughs> I'm a fan of Bonucci, but he's not a he's not Chiellini where you put him on in the 90th minute and you're going to expect to just lock down five minutes. Like he also kind of needs a warm up period. Um, I think yeah. the best three are, or the back three are giving us like the best we can get. I don't think it's going to get any better than what we have. Like it's what we have for the the season, and we need to look to add some pieces to make a complete back four. Um, just the, yeah. It, this is not Conte's nice. three five two. That's all I'm saying. How about how about how about that breakdown, how- Lucas? What do you mean when you say that Vlavic <laughs> has a low IQ? Maybe that's not. Sorry, it, sorry, Farhad. Maybe that's not. What do you, mean by, what do you the, mean by that? It's it's kind of a yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's, th- maybe that's statement. the wrong word because I think Keane's way better representation of that. But there's so many moments like. Uh, no, no. I think I think mm-hmm. I, I Kian think has Lucas a low IQ. is. I would agree with that. I think yeah. Lucas Moist is Kian's trying to say um, very emotional intelligence IQ, IQ more than footballing IQ, right? Or no? No, it's Did just I that? <laughs> one thing. Like one thing that we saw when Vlahovic came in, he was scoring a lot of goals, and and a lot of it was like really handed to him really well, like DiBala giving him some good service and some other players in the midfield. And right now we're seeing like how does Vlahovic react? without Pogba, Chiesa, Di Maria, like other players that can take some of the pressure away and also give good service. And one thing Allegri has said, like, he needs to get better at off-the-ball movement. And I still think, like, his off-the-ball movement is not where it should be. Granted, he's young, um, but that still doesn't mean it's not an issue. Like, when he has the ball at his feet, he's fantastic, and I think he does fantastic things. But I think when you have a young player like that, you need to have someone a little bit closer to he can play off of 
or just have that front three of wingers that, like I said, expands and moves a back four, back three around more. Um, Mm-hmm. What does Allegri mean by that? You know, is he referring to a guy like Morata who 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 was better off the ball yeah. in recovery? No, but, but it's relevant. They're very different types of players, but but I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's what you're ever really gonna get out of Lavic. I mean, he has it in him. He he's physically capable of doing it. He he's a fast runner. He's he's a strong runner. I mean, he, I, he could be that guy, but yeah. that wasn't that wasn't the guy you acquired. You know, he was he was very very good at getting in opportunistic positions. I think the problem is all we do is pump in crosses it's all we do i mean it's it's so so to say oh he's not on the end of crosses i mean man you're 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 one center forward in the box and you have you know you're outnumbered and plus two, three plus I, I think th- it's insane but, but, but it's been that for years i mean watch you 2020 2021 <laughs> quadrado was still pumping in crosses it's the reason it hasn't been fun to watch the last several years is because we've had the same players doing the same thing i mean danilo oh it's costage who's a little more dynamic granted but but, but again the 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 then the instruction is put balls in the box. Or maybe that's not the instruction. Maybe that's just what they resort to doing on the pitch whenever, you know, games aren't going well. But it's like all that they've ever tried to do for the last two, three years when in a pinch is put crosses in. It's why we don't see us score. It's why you don't see us scoring many goals. It's because we don't, you know, we're not playing some beautifully fluid system where we're working it into dangerous areas. We're just trying to pump it in. You know, and to our credit, it's partially like the only things that some of the players we've had at our disposal have been able to do. You know, what do you think Matia De Chilio is going to do? All he's going to do is pump and crosses. It's the only thing he's good at, right? For years, that was a, that was a thing that we all had to witness. Yeah. It's still happening now. I mean, it's so I, I just don't think systematically it's set up oh, to, to, to benefit Vlaovic. I think given, you know. You know, but, but I don't even think it's a formation issue. I think it's just the system uh, overall, you know, the, and and how it's how it plays out. Because you could have a three-five-two, a three-four, you know, three-four-one-one. Three, Is that even possible? Three-four-one-one. That's Three-five-one-one. Excuse me. Yeah, I just realized that wasn't eleven players, but whatever. Four-three-three, four-two-three-one. I mean, with Pirlo for for the longest time, we we had like different. We had different formations, but it was All like right. the same wanna, uh, system that was being played out Sam. in front of us because, because guys shifted into the same holes. So, but but dude, but but, but Farhad, but, come on, man, what are no, we doing? No, he's here? right. I mean, I like I like what he's We're saying. But about the pro, the, 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 you the see, Sam, you see, you're getting Sam, angry. You, you told me, hey, stop here. me whenever you need you know? to. It's just so, Sam. You know, I love you, but there's so much I wanted to bring up. Uh, we'll we'll get back to that. <laughs> what? Are you breaking my yeah. balls? All right. <laughs> one thing, Farhad. One thing. All right. Go ahead. So, Sam, do you think someone like, and I'm I'm not big on just the name Pogba, but just a, a center attack in mid that could send something, that could send something more forward and progressive, Vlahovic to his feet. So we're not going wide and then sending crosses in. Do you think it is super important for us to have a more focal point in the middle going forward, opposed to Di Maria and yeah, because we had that problem with Dybala. As Dybala is the same thing as Di Maria, where they're running back, receiving, turning, and going. Where Pogba is going with it forward. That that saves you ten seconds on your counterattack. Yeah. You know? But Sam's right. We've been doing the same. Of course. I, I, and it doesn't I, have to be him. It just needs to be that. If I may, if I may, I'm, going, going I'm, back I'm so sorry. Side. If I may, Farhad. The, 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 boy, the boys are, are inspiring me. Sam and Lucas are inspiring me to no end right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go 
I, <laughs> I again it, inspire inspire me to scream at them. So you let's think see, that yeah, you think that what, I would miss the opportunity yeah, to be involved have, in something yeah, like this again for the rest of the season? So. I, I, and, and again, I'm going to preface this by just saying that I hate being that guy. I don't take any enjoyment being this guy who's about to say this thing, but it, it has to be said, I feel like, and it's easy to forget in a season like this where we're, where we're so up and down and it's such a roller coaster. You, you'd never see the opportunity to have a full starting XI as it was intended to be structured at the start of the season. We, we never had the opportunity to see a full and fit Chiesa, a full and fit Pogba with Di Maria, with... Vlaovic, with everybody on the field, 100%, no injuries, not returning from an injury. And I can understand the fact that in, in a long season, that's just impractical to think that we'll ever get that more often than not. But you remove Chiesa from a situation and you lose your legs. You move Pogba from the situation and, and you lose your lungs. You move Di Maria out of the equation and you're now losing your kidneys. It, it, these are essential components to the way the team plays and the way the team is intended to play. So while we need to be better when we have absences and when we have players out, it's so important to note that if you take the best three players from any team, any team in Europe, out of their lineup... They will play poorly in certain aspects. They won't play or function as well as they would have otherwise. Certainly some teams can compensate more, as we could have in the near in the, the recent past when we had key absences during our dynasty era. But having said that, we're not that team anymore. We are a team that now feels these absences in a very, very clear and defined way when we're missing these players. So for me... I just think it's worth noting that when we don't have these crucial players in the lineup, we're, we're going to play differently. We're not going to look as good. And I think that speaks, in my opinion, to both Sam and Lucas's point a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, we mentioned we mentioned Bonucci. Uh, there's something I texted both of you guys yesterday. Uh, congratulations to Giorgio Chiellini, by the way, with his first MLS goal, just like he used to do at Juve, just standing around there. And I mentioned on the previous podcast that uh, having a center back that can just be there in the in the in the in the thick of things, either heading the ball in point. or or yeah. poaching the ball, it's so important. So congrats to him on his goal. He de- he dedicated it to, to uh, uh, David Astori uh, five years ago, who passed away. Uh, besides the point, you said that he would walk into Juve right now. Uh, that's Chris. Uh, you mentioned that Kellini would be would be the guy right now instead of Bonucci. Can you expand on that? Tell us more about uh, what could have been. Yeah, I'll, to to clarify a little bit more, I I don't know that it necessarily would be as a full fledged starter. I I don't want to lose the perspective of what Kellini was and meant to us last year. So. What, what 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 was what do you think he was in his last couple of seasons? He was a, a sort of a fallen monument a little bit. He was a, an old war horse who was breaking down. He would be injured quite a bit. Uh, many, many stretches of absences, little nagging injuries that would persist. And so I can understand why he and the club felt it was time to sort of part ways. Um, being a captain who is never on field is, is a, a strange situation to to cause amongst the squad. And so I can understand the rationale there, but in hindsight, and and I say this with the benefit of hindsight, of course, we've played the majority of this season. It feels like with one center back on the field in Bremer, uh, flanked by two fullbacks. And while I'm a big Danilo guy, as is well-documented, 
I, I think we're asking a lot out of him and asking a lot out of a player who's physically compromised like Alexandro, who, albeit he's played pretty well in, in times this year. We're He's out for the next game, by the way. Lovely. And so this is, uh, again, just sort of speaking to, to the situation, I think, a little bit. And we've relied so heavily entering the season on a player in Federico Gatti who's never played in Serie A prior to the season. And I think it was a gamble that was calculated, but one that was ill-advised. And so I think we probably needed one more year of Chiellini for insurance purposes. And I think he's the player who left maybe a year too early as opposed to a player like Bonucci, who, while I, I think he still offers so much from a vertical ball standpoint, it's just not something that's featured in his game anymore. And thus, I, I don't see the value that he adds to the squad much anymore. His defending is pedestrian. And while I, I do appreciate the player he is, I think when he's not defending next to Chiellini, we've seen... I don't know, a, a little bit of the, 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 the chinks in his armor from a defensive standpoint. And so I, I'm a, a little bit disappointed that we didn't do a little bit more at the center back position entering the season. I think we see right now, Allegri... You and millions of Yeah, I, we think we see that we, we entered the season lacking one more center back on the squad, somebody who's really game ready and, and capable of starting meaningful minutes. So I'm a little bit disappointed about that. That's something that I've been harping on for most of the season. And I think we, we ask a lot of Bremer and in his absence, where we're dead. We're dead in the water. And there's going to be a big requirement for an overhaul at the position, in my opinion, this summer. I think we need one, possibly two center backs. 100%. It's, it's going to be a difficult situation. To, to counter that, though, we did pick up Bremer. Who else yeah. is really available in the market that was affordable? And that's what the question kind of comes down to, unless you have a name. I don't know. Mind you, I, I, I see this is the, the, the difficult part of it for me. I didn't expect sort of two Bremer caliber players. I think Bremer was a, a great reference point for the, the summer market. We lose Delict, we add Bremer. I think that's a good sort of transaction if, if Matthias was always on the way out. I don't think that we necessarily needed somebody who was Bremer as well in terms of you know game readiness, but I do think that we needed somebody who had legitimate top flight experience, somebody who we could have turned to. I'm not going to say a, a player like Nikola Malinkovic, but uh, somebody like that, someone of that ilk, somebody who I think is a starter for another team, another city outside, somebody who we could have turned to in a pinch. And so I, I don't know. I think that we just are missing a center back at the moment. I think there's one center back slot that was not filled over the summer because we were intent on relying on fullbacks. And I think the way that we play this this defensive first, responsibly aligned uh, setup from Allegri is him trying to manufacture good defensive performances from players that are just not traditionally, individually talented as defenders on their own. Gotcha. Uh, thank you, boys. Uh, this is the the center back is the center back talk is really important. I feel like you bring up a good point. This next season, this next um, transfer window, it's unacceptable. It would be unacceptable if we don't focus on that position. Uh, we mentioned on the last podcast we have like eight or nine midfielders ready to go, so that position is taken care of. Uh, just reading the news that Rabiot. He is promising to stay if Juventus make the Champions League. Can't really blame him. So uh, maybe that's one his one foot out the door. Um, so going back to Twitter at Juve Podcast, uh, my buddy Lelo, he is 
he's a overreaction merchant i love this guy so i posted a status yesterday so who we're blaming for this loss he came back with a with a list of list of crazy overreactions just humor me you don't have to follow up on it but he's saying Keane and his red red card cost us the game bonucci enters and costs us the game allegri puts in paredes and costs us the game uh susan vlaovic so that, that's I, I will not stand for that though. my friend but dusan vlaovic cannot bu- cannot bully defenses he costs us the game Quadrado and his Aaron crosses cost us the game. Pick one of the above. I feel like he makes a good point on all of them. It's an overreaction. He's our he's our friend, but we know he's half kidding. But um, uh, yeah, but you know, not really fair about Quadrado. I feel like last couple of games, um, even before he was subbed in, yet subbed out yesterday, I feel like he was full of energy and running around and. And uh, even uh, there was one game-saving moment that he had. The, the Roma player was right in front of the goal. He came in with a slight tackle. Uh, certainly defensively did help us out. But like uh, like Chris said, I mean this team is this team is a is a skeleton crew right now. If we lose one bone, it's gonna be it's gonna be a disaster. Uh, Sam, the floor is yours, brother. Tell us what you. <laughs> Unmute yourself and, and, and talk to us, buddy. Yeah, sorry. Un, un, yeah, uncharacteristically quiet you, there. Um, unmute. I don't know. I mean, who cost us the game? I, I, don't, I don't think it was any one of those singular things. Probably, a, you know, a combination of, uh, of all those things didn't help. I mean, the way I saw it overall, I mean, if you want to focus specifically on the Roma game yesterday. Especially I mean, Mourinho. Everyone wants to beat Juve. Ro- Roma are in a position where they, Mourinho is very good at motivating players. Mourinho always wants to beat Juve. He understands the big games you have to, you know, get up for in any given league that he's coaching in. And, um, and I think in the table, they, I mean, it was a very... It was a very relevant tie given where the points are at right now, right? We could go up, we could go down if penalties are added or removed if we successfully appeal. But right now, going into the game yesterday, it was a huge game for them. It was kind of like a six-point game. On the balance of how they played this year, it would have meant a whole hell of a lot for them. It would have taken them into top four, which did because they won. Um, but also beating Juve is great for morale. They are in Rome. How about that support, though? I, I can't, I can't hate on Roma you know, fans. Watching that game, uh, I mean, is and, and is is a game. It's so rare no, in you, Italy no, to can't. see a and, packed stadium but, but with the flags waving the whole game. That was really spectacular. Yeah, and listen, you know how we play. You know, we're not a team that probably is going to put, you know, it's really going to put it on you to the point that you're always feeling like you're, you know, you, you've got to. You've got to just absorb pressure, absorb pressure. I mean, we're not Bayern Munich, right? You know, we, we, we don't score tons of goals. We have many opportunities to score, but we, we, we conceded early. And they just they, – they, not early. Well, I mean, we, we conceded first, and, and, and that was it, really. I mean, they just showed a lot of – they showed a lot of grit. I think you have to give Roma credit where it's due. I think Mourinho coached a great game. He was a little bit lucky because we had a few chances that didn't go our way, you know, a post here, a post there. But, you know, I mean, granted, I mean – if, if, if you're not going to force the goalkeeper to make a save, I mean, then, then what, what, what more can you say, right? I mean, if, if a shot hits the post or if a ball hits the post or a ball gets deflected onto the post, then I guess the other side technically did enough to defend, right? You have to look at it that way. We, you know, 
Patricio had a good game in goal. Di Maria, Di Maria lit him up once, you know, from from distance. Could have been a beautiful goal that might have swung the tie totally. It's just Roma played a good game. Roma played a good game at home with a win. One, you know, they and they won the mental side of the game. They won the mental side of the game. Mancini completely mentally dominated Moiskin at the end. I mean, he, he Moiskin's not an especially smart player. He's not an especially composed player. Their their um, keeper, you know, they're, 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 pitch, their right? keeper uh, is turning into a he's... prime buffoon again, just like keepers do against Juve. Well, y yeah, but but you don't think that maybe it being a really important game, him being a good goalkeeper who's had a ton of experience at the top level and being in a really important game for his team in a packed stadium on a Sunday, you don't think that has something to do with it in prime time? Like it's, they showed up, they yeah. showed up, you know? And then at the end went out, you know, when, when we were chasing it, you know, and when, when we might've maybe had a chance of getting an equalizer, Moiskin comes on and gets sent off right away, which takes the wind out of your sails in injury time and, and it's over, you know, and you got to give Mancini credit in that case, right? You know, that's a Marco Materazzi play. It's right out of his playbook. You know, you, you have to be a bit of a piece of shit. You have to be a, you have to be very good at, at subtly doing that. And subtle. to do that in an era where you have bar two and getting away with it, I mean, it's impressive. It's gr It was incredible. It was incredible. He knows who he's dealing with, their teammates, you know. You, you mean, know what? If you're kicking a guy... Moiskin was friends with Zaniolo, it, you know, like... Zaniolo was at was at Roma. Mancini knows Zaniolo. He knows they're all idiots. He knows all oh, these guys are hotheads. I mean, it's, he knows what he's doing. You know, it's it's, it's good. It's it's great, great on his Sam, part. Uh, you have you have to commend it. So that's where we lost it, man. Just on balance, I think we just lost the we, we lost we lost yeah. the battle. Yeah, I want to go back know? to Chris. Um, reading his Twitter, you know, it's not like a bunch of memes or a bunch. It's it's a it's a story. I'm I'm you know scrolling through it, and it's just you know gem after gem. Uh, I know. Sorry, Chris. I'm like totally kissing your ass here, but you know no, how no, much I love continue. you and you're good. having you're you good. on the podcast is such a it's such a pleasure. So you're you're talking about Chesney here, and uh, you're speechless over Keane's actions. Uh, but the funniest tweet I've seen was Paredes truly never misses an opportunity to disappoint in Juventus colors. <laughs> so there you go with 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 that. Um, uh, you're talking about Vlaovic, that, you know, being a man down is still not an excuse. He's too often, you know, uh, all by himself. Um, yeah, if you guys want to uh, follow Chris at itruth98. Very interested, uh, very interesting thread here. Um, and you mentioned here something I want to bring up. You posted a photo of um, Rabios, you know, missing missing a sitter let's be honest that that header that he hit right into the into the ground great save by the keeper and you said that uh don't just say sorry don't say we didn't create anything and had no opportunities today take your chances when you get them and you know sam mentioned the three times we hit the crossbar or or woodwork um yeah, I don't know. I, I just wanted to, Chris, kind of give us the... I know he had to go soon, unless you're you're free to stick around if there's any last thoughts that you have. And before you do, before you do, I wanted Dave to uh, to be my producer guy and tell me how Juve did this year against top four teams. Or maybe, I don't know, top five, top six. Basically against the, uh, the higher teams, you know, higher table. Because uh, I don't think I'll, our record is that up. good. Just give me a quick Pull, pull it up, Jamie. Uh, Chris, um, out of all these tweets that I brought up, anything you want to uh, you want to expand on, as far as yeah, no, I, I I'm locked. I'm 
kind of kind of I'm wrap locked it all in up. here. We're good. We're good. Um, so the I, I think just to to kind of echo in a little bit on on Sam's point of the overall match analysis, and I want to turn it over to Lucas too because I'm very interested mm-hmm. in what he has to say about it as well. But um, I think the one the one thing about the match that I think is most important to take away from this is again taking your chances, and this is a very, very big theme over the course of our dynasty era, and it's something that's not as prevalent now in the modern day for the simple fact that we didn't require more than one opportunity to win so many games, countless games during our best years over the past decade and a half. So I think it's very important to say and note and acknowledge here that we didn't create nothing from this game. There were opportunities. There were plenty of opportunities, in fact. You know, some better than others. Some were half chances, of course, but this is the the nature of a a difficult fixture against a difficult opponent. And so uh, it it really is not as if Roma created chance after chance after chance. And that seems to be the narrative when we we lose a match is that we were outplayed. We looked terrible. uh, Allegri mismanaged. Players were awful. No cohesion. And in some cases, some of these shouts are absolutely warranted and valid. But I don't see that as being the story of this game. I think there were opportunities for us to either win the match, go ahead early before Mancini's goal. I think there were opportunities for us to equalize before the red card, and there were opportunities after the red card. You take your chances as they come, and then the game and the complexion of it becomes completely different. And so uh, I just, I, I have difficulties, and I struggle with this narrative that we were just dominated, outplayed, Mourinho, um absolutely took Allegri to school from a managerial standpoint. I think it was a good game, and I think that we saw two teams play a very cagey match. I think Allegri in a difficult road fixture elected to try and keep the match close until the second half when reinforcements like Chiesa and Pogba could come off the bench and play their cameo appearance for the final 15-20. I think we conceded a little too early in the second half for that script to be one that would have translated in a win rather than a late draw, but this is the nature of these road fixtures, and I would like to see a little bit more aggression as well too, but certainly I think there were opportunities there. So I'll turn it over to Lucas, but I, I just want to end off on saying that I think it was a very good game that to, to watch. It was a cagey City uh, fixture that I think resulted in two difficult teams um, being a little overly cautious in the first. So play. are you saying are you saying you'll take this one zero loss over an EPL seven zero thrashing? I, brother, a loss is a loss. I don't know if I'm I'm happy about one over the other, but I, I just don't like the narrative that we we were we were dominated or played terribly. That's all. I think Sam hit the nail on the head. It was a good gotcha. game, and Roma just won the little battles. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, not happy about it, but well, one more thing I wanted to bring up. Dash is gone, but in a pregame uh, analysis, he mentioned that DiBala, Dave, Dave was there. Dave recorded the video with Dash. Um, actually, we made a little reel about it that we'll, we're going to post that Dybala has never scored or hasn't you know, has a pretty poor record against top four teams. Am I am I wrong? Yeah, he uh, he's. Yeah, yeah. Not, um, nodding doesn't work on the it's, radio. Uh, <laughs> it's not to say he hasn't scored against big teams, but he he's quieter against the big teams. And uh, yeah. and to answer the previous yeah, question as he was we have lost game. a few big games we've won a few it's the champions league makes it look a lot bad if you a lot more worse if you count those uh but otherwise in seria i mean big losses against uh, milan and napoli but otherwise we've done okay gotcha lucas any thoughts my friend 
Uh, what does Jay Twitter like to say? Uh, we got a leg read yesterday, you know, <laughs> where you could argue, right, that we were the better team. And we just, you know, on one football, I'm seeing right here 14 shots. Um, five of them were on target. I mean, those are those are good numbers to at least equal, equal one goal, maybe, you know. Um, if we're more yeah. clinical, we had more possession. We, you know, they had a little better on duels, but uh, we created and we just didn't put it away. And there are those games that that happens. Um, we do it pretty often with Allegri. We, you know, when we went on that dynasty run, there was a lot of games where we quote unquote got outplayed and we came away with the 1 0, 90th minute goal. Um, it happens in soccer. It just it sucks that it, it's against a team like Roma and Mourinho. And with everything going on the rest of the season, it just feels like this uh, existential dread that just keeps continuing over and over. But I think there's a lot to take away from this game. And we did create some opportunities. And, when again, it's, it's not based off of the players, but just if we don't have a proper cam, we don't have a proper wingers, like, we're doing the best we can with this skeleton squad that was not built correctly and we should have proper backups in place so it's like we can go play an entire play style for 90 minutes instead of trying to play two different styles with the different halves based off of who we have um it's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes um hopefully we learn from it and hopefully we don't listen too much to twitter when they're like you know play more progressive exciting soccer or, or don't this yeah. and that because sometimes it bites us in the butt sometimes it doesn't end of the day you just put the ball in the net however Tw twitter has become it. unbearable the younger the younger twitter population gets as we grow older because we've been on twitter for like 10 years or something there was of course you know pockets of little haters but i feel like uva twitter has become fucking just Im impossible i mean i saw some just disgusting stuff of racism towards key oh yesterday. for sure for sure that, that too. was just like this is unacceptable yeah. on every level and he's our own player he's one of our own he's a he's more of a biancanary and a juventino than the people that are talking like they think they are like, it's terrible yeah is, people with accounts it, and can know, we say it's, it's not just uv yeah. twitter it's just twitter sam the hammer it's not just us it's everyone yeah, yeah so but mostly it. I follow Juve pages. Of course, there's, yeah. there's pages that uh, many others follow. There's, there's you know, stuff that goes on there. But Juve Twitter has become just, you know, how how can I out-asshole another guy, you know? And there's big accounts that are run it's by easy, it's complete easy to dickheads. And, it, so, I mean, you know, block <laughs> buttons. It's... It's different than, let's say, like EPL Twitter, where it's like they just rip each other apart, like other teams. like Liverpool Oh, that's, United, that, you know, apart. yeah, the compared banter, to EPL. You know, but their fans amongst each other are so, like, tight-knit and, like, respectful and, like, not that our community isn't. It's just a we can get down on each other and yeah. attack. Like whoa, it's, whoa, whoa. it's the Italian that's mentality. That's what it is. And Sam, One I know you go on about it, the tribalism in Italy, and I think that's what it is. Because, I mean, even yesterday I'm on the official Juve Twitch there as we do. And uh, somebody's asked me what kind of a what kind of Juventus fan are you if you don't speak Italian? My response was an English one, uh, but that's it. It's like I can't be a Juve fan because I'm I speak English. Like, but but that's just the tribalism. There's pockets. Yeah, listen, we 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 run the the Juve fan club here, and even in LA, the fan club got separated from kind of like the non-Italian 
Juve fans and the Italians created their own. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not I'm not saying it's a problem. It's just the reality of non-English speaking football, you know, fandoms. You're just going to get those pockets of of people that are unaccepted, you know, not accepting of uh non-native uh fans, which is which sucks. But this is this is coming from a team that they're not even the most liked in their city. Like Torino's no, like it's a very common thing that Juventus is the club of Italy. It's a one of the biggest clubs in the world. The people we 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 just Saudi Arabia's listening, Australia's listening. We have people from all over. It's not just an it Italy thing. People love the story of the Bianconeri. Yeah. Everything that they are, the Fino alla fine. It's not specific to just be an Italian. It's great when you are because it feels like it's part of you, but you don't have to be. Yeah, that's the that's the great thing about soccer compared to other sports. But but we also anywhere. with like people that you kind of uh you know associate i don't know uh, had like an affiliation with you know like like i'm sure they had no problem with the other people that support the club mm-hmm. fundamentally but it's like yeah you know like we, i don't wind up speaking to them as much so hey you guys you want you want why don't you come over to my house to watch the game it's just you know it's just human nature right like it's, it's i think i think as you know as um i mean in that particular case as an italian abroad you probably have a little bit more in common with people that kind of understand you maybe cultural nuance but it's a lot of it is just to do with language like literally you you just want to sit down and just be able to speak to somebody without having to like think too hard i don't know maybe they spoke english pretty well they did live in la i I don't know maybe you know i don't know it's but 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 it's 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 a different experience right like if you're in a town like there are you are very well supported in and around italy right so they they have a large sphere of influence in turin that's for sure but but it's it's shared um i think the agnelli family like overall has a has a huge they cast a huge shadow over the city of Turin, you know, for the, uh, for everything they've done for that city. You know, they're they're the most powerful family in that city. But then, you know, Juve's sphere of influence expands throughout the country. Really, that's why they're so popular. Uh, it is not because, you know, everyone in Turin likes them, it's, but it's because people throughout the country like them. So I think there's like this, there is like a shared experience of being an Italian somewhere else in Italy. If you're like in Calabria, or you're in fucking, you know, you're in Perugia, wherever the hell, you know, anywhere else. And you might support Juve over your local side. I think that's that's a real thing that a lot of people experience and relate to. So there is that. And then I think the other type of fan that you get is the fan that's that's abroad. Like everyone's having a different, everyone lives kind of a different, you know, uh, experience as a as a fan. You know, it's just, I but, I, but like on Twitter, I mean, you can't give much mind to that in particular. Man. Yeah, I'm not gonna or I'm anything not gonna on the internet. You know, longer, yeah. someone 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 on Twitch said something in a comment. I mean, bro, it's the internet. I mean, what do what do you expect? Most people are cool. Most people don't really care. You know, it's. You know. I'm actually I'm I'm quite <laughs> shocked it took it took Sam one hour only to bring up Alex Jones. <laughs> Breakaway civilization. <laughs> I love it. No, and Sam, no, anytime has I say a, that I just think of Alex Jones. It's just, it's, I, it's I so told iconic. Sam Breakaway I to, civilization. I, Sam has his own YouTube channel that you guys should definitely check out. He's he's a, he's a he's an interesting mind and I told him no conspiracy theories and on this one no uh <laughs> oh, you, 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 we, we keep no, us you, you, so good. if if 
if if you want the full dose of if you want full dose of crazy, Sam has an awesome YouTube show and a and a and a and a podcast as well, which I have been a guest on. It's been a while. Yeah, it hasn't been, yeah, it's been a yeah, it's been a while. It's true. Yeah, I mean, we might have to do something uh, about that. I don't right, like boys. doing Zoom shows anymore, though, man. It's it's I don't know. I, I we'll have to get you in person or something. You got to get you up to yeah, Montreal or I don't know. I'll have to come. To the oh, Midwest, I've heard so many know. great things. I mean, we're actually talking to the boys about meeting up in Detroit because that's where Dash is. Uh, Lucas is nearby. Dave can drive down from Canada. But anyways, let's let's wrap up this awesome episode number 209. You boys are so awesome to speak to. Thank you again. Um, any, uh, we'll go through the room. 30 seconds each. Please no more. Uh, I don't like to go over like an hour and, and, and change. Uh, Lucas, if you want to, uh, whatever you want to bring up, your future appearances or any thoughts on the game, which you obviously... Uh, gave us a bunch of those anything to uh, to to wrap up this episode I'm just happy to be here I've been uh, out of power the weekend <laughs> I'm just here so uh, I don't get yeah, fined I'm just, I'm just I'm happy to be here just because I've been out of power so I'm happy to just not have to think about that right now I'm over at my mom's so I'm happy to just kind of get away and be able to talk about something I love and enjoy and just to reiterate like love it bro we have we, we love having you team. Yeah, we're all one team. We should all support our players. Yes, Keen, boneheaded play, of course. But he's still human. He's still ours. He's our bonehead right now. So s- still show respect. It's a long season. We may need You him. all have an idiot cousin, yeah. you know. Problems, I have, so. You have an idiot cousin. It's part of the family. <laughs> uh, every is, Italian so has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my idiot cousin is an Inter fan. Fun fact. <laughs> you know, yeah. My idiot cousin uh, is a conspiracy theorist who, uh, who, takes, who, who accepts all of, his, uh, all of his pay in, uh, in, in, in lustrium and platinum right now, I think, is what he does. And it's in a mattress. Oh, this is the one that, in, in Italy that you talk about? So, you know, it's another one. Okay. No, no, no. That, no, that, that, no, that, that's another cousin. That's the guy who was diabetic. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> that's the guy who was diabetic and went blind, and they were like, we don't know what's wrong with you, and the guy just needed insulin. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, why you gotta bum it us out like at Italy. the end of the- it sounds <laughs> like Italy. That's damn, that sucks. Not just one. Sam, who who Sam, when's your next episode? Give us a little plug so we can go to Dave about the some YouTube updates That's and it. then we'll we'll finish with Chris. What what you got going on, Sam? Check out the cultural podcast on any audio platforms. We've been going for a few years. I'm sure everyone who listens to the pod is unless you're tuning in for the first time. I mean you 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 know who I am, you've heard of the show before. Uh, so appreciate if you too if you do Excuse me. Appreciate if you do try checking it out. Tune in. But uh, we're now on YouTube, so that's kind of a nice little change of pace. It's well overdue. It's like five years too late. But we're giving it a go. Got a producer going uh, going for us now. It's, it's cool. I got a guy who, who looks stuff up live on the pod in real time. I get to rant to a human being, which is fun. His name's Dilo. I like him a lot. We have a good little dynamic going. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, uh, so, yeah, check it out on YouTube. The Cultural Podcast is now on YouTube. Watch it. Helps us out. Uh, fuck it, man. We, I just want to get to a thousand subscribers so we can monetize, and, and that's it. If we get to if we get to a thousand, that'll be that'll be cool. That'll be fun. Um, yeah. Otherwise, that's about that's about it for the time being. Anything else that's going on is like a month away. So that's what, no like nine hundred thirty now. But but nine hundred thirty so time being, away? check out. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, we're, we're like we're like nine hundred people away. Yeah. So. Get, What's the what's the what's the link it's that people can like type in if they're you, on right YouTube. now? YouTube.com/slash/samadamo or just Google the cultural or search the cultural podcast on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, give it a sub helps us out. Watch, sure. tune give, in, you dude, know? you can you can never you can mute him, but just give him that that thousand. Uh, help our boy out. Speaking of YouTube, 
uh, YouTube Dave, what you got going on, buddy? Your your last video, yeah, man. That we last are, one on SC you know, Freiburg. The the the, the views good. and yeah, the subs are increasing, right? Hundred now, we've hit our thousand. Uh, so yeah, we're we're on the up and up. Lots coming on. Uh, of course, Freiburg is on deck. Uh, games every three four days, so we're keeping pretty busy with the lives, pre's, posts, and watch alongs when we can, as well as uh, the official Juventus Twitch that we sh uh, share along with Beppe Bagnani there from GGS Juve. So that's fun. Uh, so definitely check that out, like, subscribe, all that jazz. And uh, just because I'm the stats guy today, I just want to quickly say College Park and Hyattsville, they're two and a half miles away from each other in Maryland, just outside of D.C. So oh, there wow. you go, uh, a lot from Maryland. Uh, New Holland is oh. owned by Fiat, Fiat sorry. Uh, so, yeah, an extra company. And for everyone wondering, Federico Chiesa is back on track. Uh, Road to Recovery, uh, I guess, video documentary there that's on amazon prime released globally english subtitles available mm -hmm. so everyone check that out because we'll be talking about that soon as well love it damn thanks buddy that, that was a nice three three little snippets of info chris our guest our, our our not you know we can't even see him right now that's how that's how he wants to stay an enigma he wants to stay a, a vision he doesn't want to physical representation of him chris it was so awesome to have you on any last words anything uh do you promise to come back on well it's obvious I'm, soon before the i'm an ai illusion i'm not a real human so uh, <laughs> yes i'll of course be on you guys are uh, are my my digital I fam so of course i will definitely be back on i think the things that we've learned today sam got sick from eggs that uh from eating drinking raw eggs like Rocky, don't drink raw eggs we learned that dave and i probably grew up minutes away from one another so i think there was a lot that was taken away from this that even has nothing to do with uv so uh cosine another promo on sam's pod at calcio podcast because i listen to it quite a bit uh beyond that we do not have a dushan vlaovic problem everything will be okay just calm down give it time everything will be all right and in closing Joao Cancelo is a terrible defender. He should be playing wing. <laughs> Come at me. I'll, I'll meet you in my comments. He's not a good defender. Yeah, he's I mean, lost he's trust right. of every single coach he's ever had. Let's fight about it. I don't care. I have all day. Love it. Love it. Boys and girls, you guys are awesome as always for checking us out. As you can see, this is a group of friends before before anything else. So I... I do, I do love all my buddies and my, my, my Juve family, our Turin Giants family. And I'm glad that you guys joined us for this uh, an hour and change chat. As always, stay hydrated, check on your friends, and Forza Juve.